0: Welcome to Christian Concepts, a weekly show in which I hold thoughtful discussions about Christianity, its concepts, and misconceptions. I'm your host, Taj. I often hear people say God is loving and kind in the New Testament. However, in the Old Testament, he was just a mean disciplinarian. Today, we're going to discuss whether that is true or is that just another misconception. So when I hear this argument, I think of my friends and I, we grew up with some pretty strict parents and we perceive them as being sort of like the tyrant kings and queens. And anyone who grew up with some very strict parents who had order uh, in in their family uh, can relate to that. However, when now that most of these parents are grandparents, uh, we realize that they are jolly old souls. Right. So they have uh, pockets full of candy. They have Snickers and what have you in their purses. And they're just freely distributing money and allowances and we're looking at this like who are these people they're just giving out hugs and kisses like they're going out of style this can't be the same folks from our childhood is it so here's the thing Uh, negative things tend to stick out a lot more in our memory than the positive things You know, if we look at God, although, you know, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, he does have the same character, but we will definitely look at the fact that the negative things of the Old Testament tend to stand out more. You know, when we read the passages, we tend to focus on the fact that they were kicked out of Eden and we don't really perceive the fact or look on the fact that uh, we received paradise. We only focus on the negative aspect of it after the fall, that there was a curse and we were kicked out of Eden, right? Um, When it comes to the flood we think of all the death and the destruction and all the punishment and all of that uh that happened on the face of the earth rather than looking on the fact that salvation was offered to all that went aboard on the ark right When it comes to destroying Sodom and Gomorrah, we think of all the uh, fire and brimstone and death and destruction that rained down on the cities. However, we don't look on the fact that Abraham was able to bargain with God to go in there and negotiate and to lead people out, right? We look on the fact that so many people died in the midst of it. We totally ignore the fact that there was even the option for people to leave. We tend to focus on the fact that, you know, the the children of Israel wandered in the desert 40 years in the wilderness, you know, eating the same old. And even them, you know, they're complaining about what they had to eat in Egypt and all these different things versus what they have out in the wilderness. However, we don't look on the fact that they were saved out of slavery. Right. Having to eat the same boring meal over and over is a minor detail compared to the fact that you were rescued from slavery. Then, of course, with the conquest of Joshua, we look at the fact that the seven nations that were wiped out, that were inhabiting the land of Canaan before the Israelites came in, that was just a horrible thing. God exacted judgment. and He was so angry and mean to those seven nations. But we uh, overlook the fact that this satanic religion and the satanic rule that they, they, they were involved in was going on for centuries. However, when God first showed Abraham the land, he did not give it to them then because there was still hope. It said their iniquity was not yet full, right? We totally ignore that fact. And one of my favorite is that the Old Testament ends with the word curse. There was a lot of curse, a lot of bad things that are happening because of man's sin, and that is the last word in the Old Testament. So we focus on the negative consequence. However, we overlook the the fact that the promise of Jesus was made as early as Genesis, right? So generally speaking, when people say that God is just a tyrant, a mean person, if you will, in the Old Testament, and all of a sudden he shows up loving and kind and everything in the New Testament as if they were two separate gods you're overlooking a lot of things well another point that I want to make is that time blurs a lot right when you're looking back at time in hindsight we're overlooking a lot because we're assuming that all these events happen in a very short period of time Bible history covers give or take about six thousand years a little bit more than six thousand years and you know during these events it is stretched out over not just generations but actually millenniums right we're talking about over 6,000 years, these events are stretched out. And I know this could be another topic in itself as to, well, what is the timeline of the Bible and all these different things, but just using the timeline that, that is there without diving into all the debates of all the issues and everything, we know from creation to Seth's birth, it was 130 years. So we have no idea exactly how long Paradise lasted. However, it's somewhere between zero and 130 years, right? Right. Could it have been right away? Maybe. But there could have been a nice period of time. Now, the flood of Noah, that happens in Genesis 7. And when you're reading through, you know, Genesis 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, by the time you get to 7, it seems like that is a close event. But when you actually add up all the the, the ages of the people, you find out that the flood of Noah actually happened 1,656 years after creation. So although when you're reading through, you can actually get from uh, Genesis 1 to Genesis 7 in one sitting, that was a very long period of time. So being kicked out of the garden and the, the death of uh, or the, the rivalry between Cain and Abel and then the flood of Noah and all those different things, that was over a very long period of time. Then, of course, by Genesis 14, you have Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed, which is another four to 500 years after the flood. And by the time Moses comes onto the scene to actually write the first few books of the Bible, that was another 400 years even after that. Believe it or not, Genesis alone covers over 2,000 years. Then the rest of the Old Testament covers another 2,000 plus years. And there is a 400-year gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And then the New Testament was all within about a 100-year period, believe it or not. So we have the benefit of seeing everything into perspective. We have a much fuller picture than any of the people that were living in Jesus' day and uh, beyond or before that because we have a lot of scripture. We have a lot written down we have the benefit of a a, a full book of Bible history. And although the New Testament is a third of the Bible, it covers a very, very small period of time. So imagine looking at a world history book that covers 6,000 plus years of history. However, one third of it was just spent from our great-grandparents' day. Now, I like to think of uh, my great-grandmother, who was born in 1911, and she lived until 2014. She had a very long life. All right. So she lived over 100 years. And to many people, wow, that is crazy. Yes, that is true. So we're talking about one person living that long. That could have been, you know, on average, let's say two generations. Right. Maybe even three generations. And that's really about the span of the New Testament. It Actually is much less than that. In contrast, the entire Old Testament was 42 generations according to Matthew 1, verse 17, right? So we're talking about a whole lot more time and a lot of events condensed into two-thirds of the Bible compared to a very small amount of time, which is the one-third which makes up the New Testament. So it may seem like God was always judging people in the Old Testament and there was always fire and brimstone and judgment and floods and all these different things. However, those events were actually spread out over a lot of time. Likewise, in the New Testament, it seems like there is no judgment. There is very little uh, punishment and action and all those different things that we're used to in the Old Testament. But again, keeping into perspective, it is a much, much short period of time. Going back to uh, the parents analogy, even the most strict parents, you know, they might seem like they were some kind of tyrant king or queen, as I have explained earlier. However, you know, when you really look at the grand scheme of things, very little of their time was actually spent in disciplinarian mode. However, if you ask their children, they'll say, oh man, you know, mom or dad or whoever it was, was always punishing us, was always this, telling us what to do and telling us what not to do, tie our shoelaces, stand up straight, don't slurp our teeth, all these different things. However, it was just really a fraction of everything they were doing. Of course, they were spending the majority of their time between work and sleep. Then they had their own personal life and all these different things. However, you know, you speak to the child of someone who had very strict parents, it just seems like from sunrise till sunset their parents was in discipline mode granted god is not some absentee parent who has other things to do but i use that example for the simple fact to say that so much time is actually stretched out between each of those actions where he is disciplining the people But because of our nature, we tend to focus more on the negative than the positive. We overlook the generations of long suffering, all the times when God just sat back and let the children just basically do what they have to do. They went through their growing pains and all these different things. And it wasn't until things got really bad, such as with the flood of Noah, 1600 years after the fact, when he actually steps in and does something. So we constantly think that you know all in the Old Testament was just death and destruction and all these different. Things, but when you actually look at the time scale, that is not true. And a lot of people also point to the fact that okay, well, since Jesus's day, we haven't been seeing fire and brimstone come down. Sure, some people will say okay, there are earthquakes and there are volcanoes and different things, but we're talking about like you know the Old Testament type of judgment raining down. Yes, that is promised in the future. But a lot of people point to the fact that, OK, there has been basically 2000 years of inactivity. Does that mean all of this stuff is false? Again, there are such times when there are literally thousands of years before God actually exacts judgment for the people's sins. So I guess I'm saying all that to say this period that we're going through, which seems like an inactive period as if God is absent, well, don't take that as being you know, a sign that God is not on the job. Simply, it is just a stretch of time that to us, it seems like forever. But just think about it. Just the people in Moses's day or the people in Noah's day or any other previous generation, when we have a scripture uh, passage saying that God's judgment came down, they were probably looking at it the same way, thinking like, wow, you know, God hasn't done anything in so long. Maybe he's not even there. Maybe these are just stories. Right. So generally speaking, we shouldn't look at the Old Testament and the New Testament as being two different gods. It's just that different Aspects of his personality are highlighted more, and the the period of time in the New Testament is so short that the events of the Old Testament uh, could not fit into such a a 100-year period, if you will. So, what do you think of this? I would love to know what you think. Have I clarified some things or have I just opened the door up for more questions? Uh, Please reach out to me, you know, Bible Gum Media on social networks. If you look in the show notes, there you can contact me there, and I look forward to hearing from you. And as usual, I look forward to seeing you in the next one. So, later.